I, I love introducing one group of friends to another group, and I love like what that does, and I love how you can have a social setting, you can add another person, and how it changes the whole dynamic, and I love that experiment, mm-hmm. I guess. That was Khalid Abraham. Some could call him a lover of language or a communication enthusiast. But Khalid has an even deeper passion for handwritten communication. I grew up in Pakistan, and um, your handwriting and writing letters is a, was a big part of my upbringing. Like, we kind of had to do it as kids. We wrote letters to all our friends. And I still write letters all the time to some of my friends all over the world. But he had started to see less and less of it. And as I was getting older and as we're getting more ingrained in like social media and email, using email as a mode of communication, I was realizing that we're all getting away from it. Even I was getting away from it. And from this realization, he came up with an idea. It was a project called Handwritten. I had this journal and I thought it would be kind of like a letter, but uh, more in depth and more personal. So I took this journal and I wrote in it for seven days as if it was my own. And instead of continuing his own writing, Khalid decided to pass it on. And I wrote some very general instructions on the front page and I passed it on to a friend and uh, asked uh, that they pass it on after seven days and just kind of keep doing that. The first person Khalid passed it on to was Tim Schmidt. At the time when I got the journal and finished my seven days, Tim was the first person I gave it to. And at that time, I'd known Tim for about two years, and I was super intrigued by him because everything Tim does is to the next level. And of course, he took this journal to the next level. Tim is a community analyst for East Lansing, and he moved to Lansing in 2010. I'm like the only person that's moved to the state of Michigan in the last decade. Khalid and Tim are good friends, and Tim actually provided some motivation for the project. One of his New Year's resolutions was to write more. Part of it came out of a conversation that he and, oh, who was it, Matt Ossemacher and Pam, I think, were having about my New Year's resolutions. And one of my New Year's resolutions was to write more letters. And this was a chance to begin that resolution. There was something inside of me that knew exactly what it was when he gave it to me. And it kind of took me back that I was the first person that he thought of. Uh, he entrusted it with me to start. So, I, you know, I'm, after his stuff, mine is the first thing that you would read in there. Tim was a little hesitant in being the first person to write in the journal. Being struck as the first person to write in this and trying not to be, you know, I wanted to leave enough space for everyone else and for it to travel, but I really wanted to get some things down. And now Khalid started the journal with talks of his culture, his beard, traveling and things he loves. But Tim's entry was a little different. Uh, He caught me on a terrible day. Um, I was going through a divorce and all kinds of bad stuff. And uh, he gives me this. And, you know, it's one of those things that I, it's hard to keep a straight face and positive look on things when it looks, when your life's kind of falling apart Mm -hmm. and someone hands you this really emotionally intimate thing. Tim was not quite sure how he would use the journal when he first received it. Such a roiling pot of emotions that, you know, I didn't know where I wanted to go with it or what I wanted to do. I mean, the first day I wrote, and it was probably the shortest I actually wrote, but it was probably also the most intimate Mm -hmm. and and emotionally effusive uh, thing that I wrote in those couple couple of days I had it. But, you know, I definitely poured my emotions out to this piece of paper, these blank pages, and I was the first person to write in it, and I'm normally the gregarious, happy guy, and, you know, my tears stained this book. 
although with some hesitation, he began his first entry on January 26, 2012. It was an absolutely terrible day. It's an odd feeling keeping a good face on when your emotions are roiling on the inside. I don't cry often, but I do cry. It's usually a result of a pileup of unaddressed emotions, or it's one major life-altering thing. Either way, it happens, which is odd given my upbringing. I can barely remember my dad ever crying. My mom, all the time, especially involving family. But emotions are a crazy thing. I'm sure tomorrow will be better. It almost always is. I'm an eternal optimist, after all. So I'll wake up, I'll loosen up the stiff muscles from soccer, and I'll soldier on, hopefully smiling like this, this um, by the end of the day. And if not, there is always another tomorrow. As he continued to look back on his entry, I had forgotten what a odd place I was in when he gave it to me. I knew it was right about that time, and I couldn't remember exactly when it was, but then I read sort of that first entry, and I immediately, in my mind's eye, knew exactly, I could remember exactly where I was standing, I could remember exactly the pen I was using, I remembered exactly when he handed it to me because he had to leave and he couldn't even come in, so I had to meet him in the street. Tim saw that he even included a recipe for chocolate chunk raspberry cookies with drizzled chocolate. Um, if you like cookies, I have a very good cookie recipe in here um, that I thought I should share with the world. Tim was the first person to pour his emotions into the journal, and he was the first person to feel the effects of collecting thoughts through writing. You know, and, and then you go through that, and I remember I, get, I put the recipe in there because I had made those cookies the weekend before, and it was sitting on the counter. And, you know, going through that, it, it's a very, um, it, it has an effect on your memories when you read something that you've written. However, being the first person to write in it did give Tim the power to name the journal. I named it Serenity. To the truth be told, I was probably watching too much Firefly at the time, but, uh, you know, it just felt like after seven days, I had gained a certain amount of serenity out of it, and, you know, it works as a verb and an adjective, and everyone has a different different view of, of what serenity is, and that's why I thought it fit pretty well. Tim also decided to change the rules a bit. He kept the book for eight days, giving each writer one additional day to collect themselves. And after his eighth day, he passed it on. So travel far and wide, Serenity, and enjoy the journey. It will be a hell of a story when it's done. Now, as I flipped through the journal, I read various entries. And then I stumbled upon Justin Saylor. And he's a very, very good friend of mine. I could say so many things. We could have this whole event be about Bugsy, but we won't do that. <laughs> but. He's a youper and a very awesome friend, and I, tell, I run almost all my ideas by him because I love how he thinks. He is better known as Bugsy. My mom started calling me Bugsy when I was one year old, and I made the, can't see this, mistake of telling a couple friends in first grade, and it's just, ever since first grade, it stuck. Bugsy grew up in the Upper Peninsula, or the UP. Now he lives in Lansing, loves hockey, and... Um, I am a web developer at Traction. We are a Lansing-based design and branding studio downtown. But writing is not something new for Bugsy. I, I think writing in it was easy for me, and I, I've kept a journal most of my life, but I, I got it pretty late in the game where most people had already written in it, and it was really intimidating because it was really overwhelming to read these personal thoughts, some from people who I knew well and some from complete strangers, some from people I knew very 
surface level, I guess. Nonetheless, Bugsy used the journal to share personal thoughts, future dreams, and his day-to-day -day activities. Um, as when Khalid first told me about this, I was kind of like, ah, didn't know what I would say, and then I kind of went back and read my journal entries. Um, and at least to me, they're more entertaining than I originally thought. And entertaining they were. So uh, this is dated January 10th, 2013, time 11.24 p.m. The approximate location was uh, 42 degrees latitude and uh, 84 degrees long longitude. My name is Justin William Saylor. I was born to Byron and Nancy Saylor on February 10th, 1983. I'm writing with a pilot precise V5 extra fine pen. <laughs> I'm unsure what my small contribution to this journal will be over the next several days. However, I know my enthusiasm is high and I already, uh, already thoroughly impressed with the portion I have read. Uh, starting in my teenage years, I used to write handwritten letters to girls and that turned into a, 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 a handwritten journal that I'd keep regularly. But in my college days, I started what I still do today called Daily Fruit. And as of October 8th, 2000, or since October 8th, 2001, there's been 5,963 daily entries. The, the last entry is out with the new and with the old. Notes of little consequence. My handwriting still sucks. These are the tightest jeans I've purchased. I love them, but I should have gotten the 34 in seam rather than the 32. I seriously crushed on Lisa Twinter. Shh. It actually says that. The rain outside is beautiful to listen to, but I am still disgusted by the lack of snow. There are four pillows on my bed. Two will not be used. I crave the glaring sunrise that will wake me naturally in the morning. Day one with love. Uh, January 11th, 2013, rapid fire mode. I wish my brother and I were closer. I get scared to move further away because I want to see my family more as it is, especially my niece as she grows older. She is the most precious thing in my life. I'm becoming only more sentimental. I wish more friends enjoyed working on things at coffee shops instead of going to the bar. There is at least one story I have never told anyone about my 50 state tour. I will not tell that here tonight. <laughs> and today I read the quote, small minds discuss people, average minds discuss events, great minds discuss ideas. I may never be the social butterfly that people ask me to sometimes be. I have not talked to my parents on the phone since seeing them on December 31st. I need to change this soon. I wish everyone I love and I wish everyone I love and adore could come see one of my hockey games. January 12, 2013. Uber Steve's growth updates from 2011 to 2012. I finally got all my numbers sorted out for the year, uh, for the year today and worked my tail off alone at Espresso Royale. Uh, revenue 37% growth. Facebook fans, 66% growth. Newsletter subscribers, 38% growth. Upper Peninsula followers on Twitter, 90% growth. My anonymous Twitter account, which I will not mention, 62% growth. I'm satisfied.
And Bugsy even wrote about his evening activities. January 13th, 2013. Today, I lost in the game of Yahtzee. Because of it, I went streaking. Okay, I kept my underwear on. I only play high-stake Yahtzee. It was exhilarating. January 15, 2013, 11.57 p.m. Last food, M&M cookie. Last drink, vanilla caramel ice latte. Last fresh idea, the Yubies. Last song, don't leave nobody but the baby. Uh, last creative suite program, Illustrator. Last text, Leanne. Last phone call, Khalid. Last email, Heather. Last Facebook message, Trisha. Last website, fancyapps.com. <laughs> Last porn, don't remember, most likely amateur. <laughs> Last shave, Saturday. Last kiss, Caitlin. Last cried, December, question mark. Last shirt sold, green Uber hoodie. Last letter written, N. Last t-shirt worn, Heather Gray Burton t-shirt, circa 2000. Last hockey game, January 9th, one assist, plus three rating. Last down to earth convo, question marks. Last word spoken, how many gallons of milk do you go through in a day? Last compliment received, you ask the best questions. Last girl I thought about sexually, Alex. Last state visited, Illinois. Last thought of tonight, love. Bugsy spent his last day with the journal, with serenity, reflecting. Today is my last day with this journal. This journal was started one year ago today, and it happens to be in my hands. I have no grand finale. There's a chart of my happiness. <laughs> it peaked in April. I've yet to determine who I'll pass this off to, but I assure you it will not be without great thought and consideration. I'm sure they'll introduce themselves. This is where I stand tonight. This is like one out of 10 rankings. Mind, 8.7. Body, 6.3. Heart, 7. Soul, 9.2. Loneliness, 9.6. Tiredness, 4.3. Hunger, 4.6. Confusion, 1.1. Anticipation, 6.1. Hair, 9.1. <laughs> Relaxation, 9.6. Family, 8. Work, 7.1. Creativity, 8.1. Efficiency, 7.6. Physical energy, 2. Desire for touch, 10. Healthy eating, 0.7. <laughs> Hopefulness, 8.4. Anger, 1.3. Fear, 0.6. Style, 8.3. Greed, 3.3. Desire to love, 10. <laughs> Friends, 4.2. Learning, 5. Bugsy out. Again, I took the journal in my hands and continued to read what others had written. And then I came upon the appendix. Usually, journals don't have such a section, but Amy Moore found it necessary, not only for serenity, but for herself. I did a cop-out, so like the last pages of the actual journal, there's like 13 pages of writing in here that I kind of consider just dribble. And then after the journal was actually full, I wrote this 
addendum, which is like really all the interesting stuff. Amy Moore was the last person to write in the journal. I wasn't really meant to write in this journal. I received it at the very end and there was a very interesting safety in being the last person to write in it. There was something very freeing about receiving it at that point. It was intimidating reading what everybody else wrote because there was so much beautiful and interesting information in the journal that was like, well, I can't live up to this. Amy is a designer in Lansing. She's been good friends with Khalid for some time. I'm going to admit I have the biggest crush on Amy Moore's brain. She um, she gets really quiet and then she like, and you don't know what she's thinking and then she says like, she, she, she speaks and it's gold and I love that creative process. And that's just what she did with Serenity, with the journal. She emerged from her silent thoughts and exposed a difficult transition in her own life. The transition I was going through was probably something that maybe at the time that I wrote this, like there were maybe only four or five people in the world that knew what I was going through. And I, for whether it was real or not, I didn't feel supported at all. Um, and the journal allowed me a way to talk about what was on my mind and feel like it was, um, I don't know, it was just very, it was cathartic. It was like a confessional for somebody that's not uh, religious at all. And this was what she wrote, what she released. Love. So there's that thing. I don't know that I have the courage to write about my own experiences with love here. I've been thinking about it a lot, but I just don't know. I worry that people will think I'm crazy and that's probably a correct assumption. But deep down, I love that about myself and really wouldn't have it any other way. Stalling. <clears throat> In terms of love, right this minute, Oh, this is um, July 29th. In terms of love right this minute, my current relationship is about to end. My marriage to my husband, that is. And it sucks because I love him in a million ways and he loves me back. But I think I'm a damned lesbian. And that just puts an unironable, unironable wrinkle in a heterosexual marriage, doesn't it? Even to myself, I deny this fact. And many of my friends and family freely tell me that I'm wrong. Obviously, people you know have a better window into your heart than you have yourself. No, they don't. Amy continued to write and continued to look through that window that she spoke of. And here I am now about to break the hearts of my three and five-year-old daughters, my husband, my family, and myself. That's how I feel, like I'm breaking all of our hearts, but I can't help it. She kept the journal through this difficult period in her life. Here we are. Packing up the home we made together, the family we built together, the life we built together for more than a decade. Separate boxes now, though, marked Amy or Nick. As Amy's time with Serenity came to an end, her thoughts on love deepened as they surfaced. So, love. I think love is many things and takes many forms. Your family, your children, your friends, your lovers, your partners, the mark you leave on the world, no matter how indelible or ethereal. Well, I am heartbroken and a little bit terrified, I am proud of myself for having the courage to teach my daughters that following your heart is worth some pain, that we all deserve to be happy, that we can find a way to transition relationships from one stage to the next without breaking them. The end for now. I was sitting at my favorite coffee shop when I finished reading Serenity. All I could do was stare at the last page. 
I began thinking about the lives, the emotions, and the experiences inside the journal. Then I thought, why? Why expose these parts of yourself? Why put yourself out there, become vulnerable, all for the sake of a journal? But there's something about sitting on a desk or on your bed or wherever, at a coffee shop, uh, wherever, whatever is comfortable to you with a paper and a pen. Um, and I think that it just, I, like, like feelings just flow out. And that's right. Feelings certainly did flow out into this journal. But I was curious why people felt comfortable writing these deep emotions rather than saying them. Handwriting is um, it's a technology. It's one of the first technologies um, that we had as a race um, that allowed us to essentially externalize our experience beyond the present moment. Now that was Ed Glazer, a good friend of Khalid's. Ed is an incredible thinker and amongst all his accolades and accomplishments, he also has several years of um, uh, doctoral experience and education in uh, communication, so so appropriate that he be here. Ed is curious about the idea and power of handwriting. But one of the one of the things that I thought was very interesting is they did research uh, where they allowed people to either write in a, a notebook or to write on a magic pad that, like you know, those like when you're a kid, you pull the paper up and it disappears. And um, the people that wrote on the magic pad just the act of pulling that paper up, making their, um, their writing disappear, it took away all of the effects. So there's something about um, leaving that stuff behind. There's something about having that tangible expression of what's inside here and knowing that it's out there. I mean, The journal was a form of expression, a form of communication. Ed has done extensive research on that grand word, communication. It's, it comes from the Latin word communicare which means to impart, to share, to divide out, uh, to inform. It also means to join, unite, or participate in, and literally it means to make common. And I thought it was such an interesting idea that the word communicate means to make common. It means to take whatever's going on inside of me, share it with you, and now we have a common experience. We have a commonality that uh, goes beyond whatever demography we're born with, you know, whatever race, whatever... Um, you know, gender, whatever, sexualities, all that stuff is I'm born with, but if I just communicate with you, I create a commonality that never existed before. And these commonalities were reinforced through handwriting. Handwriting unifies the hand, the eye, and the attention at a single point in time and space. Um, and the opposite of handwriting, typing, is the abstraction of inscription. Say that, abstraction of inscription. That abstraction of inscription breaks the unity of that thing. And I think, again, it's just cool that you know, communication is the unifying, and um, handwriting is literally the unifying of mind, body, and spirit, or you know, thoughts, mental aspect. Um, and it's all typified on the page. The people who wrote in this journal saw the effects of handwriting and communication firsthand. They all agreed that there was something unique about documenting their thoughts their ideas, emotions, and their desires. That's, in a lot of ways, what writing is. It's a map of your memories, and, and it takes you right back to that place you were when you write, read something that you've written like that. This journal brought these people together through handwriting by building commonalities through communication. Without communication, without the ability to have that expression, uh, we're essentially isolated. We're, um, you know, walking around in the world without the ability to have any commonality with, with each other. And it's only through communication 
uh, that, that commonality and the, the uh, community uh, that we live in uh, exists. Khalid held an empty, leather-bounded journal in his hands in January 2012. He wrote his name on the front in black ink. But now, two years later, he holds in his hand a colorful, full, worn journal. He holds in his hand serenity. It's called ser serenity, and I know this prayer that's kind of cool. Um, someone told me about it a couple of years ago. It's, it's, it's just really simple. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. For Impact News, I am Abby Newton.